This is my mommy. This is my mommy. Welcome to the chef. Welcome to Nani and Mom. I'm Nani. And I'm Mom. So, Mom, what are we going to talk about today? Well, today is an exciting episode. It is the first ever Beauty in the Beat edition episode. This is going to be where we open up the conversation about the beauty of food and all things wellness so that we can conquer our wellness with confidence. Um, We did do one bonus episode already about the evolution of the modern diet, but these new Beauty and the Beat episodes are, of course, they line up already with the content of this podcast, um, relationships, wellness, and parenting, but they're going to be geared specifically towards what I'm learning in my program with the Nutritional Therapy Association to become certified as a nutritional therapy practitioner. Well, I am super excited about learning about all this. The little bit that you've already taught me has already started to shift my thinking and I'm excited to keep growing in that knowledge. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, I will include the resources for this episode in the show notes. Today, specifically, we're going to have a conversation about food in relation to holidays. So for upcoming gatherings and how to maintain your confidence in the successful changes that you've made so far. Because I know you specifically have been working really hard this year to make some changes for you. So this can be kind of a stressful thought for for many people as we come into the holidays. Very stressful. And then coupled out with the pandemic, you know, it's a, it's a lot coming into the holidays. I think, uh, I think one of my biggest things is, you know, I think about our traditional, you know, our traditional holiday meal. And Mm -hmm. I I think I already talked to you about how overwhelmed I kind of felt about, you know, how do we approach that with the family, you know, with this deeply entrenched tradition and now with the new knowledge, that we all are gaining, you know, how do we do this? So mom, I'm looking (laughs) towards you for advice here. Well, I don't think I'm going to have all of the answers, but we can have a conversation that I think is going to help us feel a little bit more confident. So the first thing that I want to talk about, of course, is recognizing the social aspect of food, which you've already done. Our culture has entrenched food with social socialization. So, you know, you go out to have dinner with your friends. You, when you meet your family for the holidays, there is a big meal. So, you know, our happy memories are often tied to holiday dinners with our family. I think it's rightly so. I mean, our, if you think about our ancestors and even as recent generations as our great grandmothers, they honored and revered the process of preparing a nourishing meal that was enjoyed by friends and family. So yes. first thing I want to honor, I, I think we need to honor that. We need to honor the beautiful memory-making capabilities that the holidays offer and acknowledge that how we enjoy our food and with whom we enjoy it is almost as important as what we're eating. Um, do you agree? Absolutely. Totally agree. The thing that popped into my mind, I hope I don't go off on the too big of a rabbit trail, but I was thinking about the food, the food that our grandmothers, our great-grandmothers prepared for us versus the food that, say, I have prepared in the past 20 years for for you guys. The food supply is completely different. Yep. Right? When I think about my grandmother, I think about my great-grandmother, I actually have memories of her grabbing the chicken and twisting 
the neck. So we had mm-hmm. fresh chicken from the backyard, fresh mm-hmm. eggs from the backyard. So yeah, that is the biggest conundrum that I think we face is that we've gone kind of askew as a society because we have disconnected ourselves from our food supply. And the food supply is not near as high quality as what we would want. And sometimes I wouldn't even qualify it as food. That's a whole nother episode right there. But I think that's an important thing Definitely important thing to remember. I mean, when you talk about your great grandmother um, or someone in your family butchering their own meat, that is a very visceral relationship with your food that most of us have lost in today's society. And it's an important one because there is so much connection to food. So I think it's about bringing the connection back to a positive connection versus just simply gathering around food that we know nothing about, that we bought at a grocery store, that we don't know where it comes from. We don't know what's in it. So I think that's the first step. And now what we can kind of talk about is how can we have those conversations with our family to sort of bring this full circle with them? Right. And so what I, so what I want to bring up next is that we don't want to fear the holidays. The holidays Ah! should not be a time. I think about the people in our family and I'm like, ooh, I feel anxious about it, you know, approaching, you know, this subject of, of the holidays and yeah. changing, changing things a little bit. Yeah. So I think that, you know, the first thing that I, I want to say to everybody who might be making changes is be unapologetic. It is wellness now is more important than ever. So I think making a stand for your own wellness is going to affect your family in a positive way. So you guys all at this point know that I'm pretty much going to say what I want to say. And I would encourage everybody in a position who is making changes for their wellness Don't let the holidays run you, run your holidays. So first thing, be unapologetic. I agree with that. And I think one of the big things that I've recognized through your journey, through our journey here with the podcast, and as you're teaching me these things, that I now know that there is a difference between what I thought wellness was and what I'm learning wellness is, and that there's Mm -hmm. actually wellness that we can change to that is a better wellness than what what in my brain, I thought I knew what wellness was. And what I'm finding out is I have no clue. (laughs) No clue. And do any of us I mean, wellness to me is on such a broad spectrum. And there are so many inputs that change the status of your overall wellness, there are truly an infinite number of ways that you can affect your overall wellness. Of course, in in the NTA, we believe that eating a a whole foods properly prepared nutrient dense diet is one of the best ways to positively affect your wellness towards the the side of the spectrum that we want to be on. But it's a holistic concern here. So I think that's a really good point to bring up is that wellness is not it's not something that fits in a box. It looks different for everybody. And there are a lot of different things that affect 
your overall wellness, particularly around the holidays. So well, I, I think I, that can I stop you for can I stop you for just a second because you said a word mm-hmm. that has just come into my vocabulary recently, and that is uh-huh. nutrient dense. Nutrient dense whole food dishes that makes so much sense to my brain. I'm still learning how to create that. You know where. How do you mm-hmm. find nutrient dense foods? What do those look like? Where where are they and how do I know them? Cuz there's not a place at the grocery store that has that sign that says nutrient dense foods over here, you know. So I right. you know when I learned about that I was like, okay, I I need to do more of that and I'm excited to be learning more about that and what what does nutrient dense? So I know that you're not going to address that right now, but you know, there's just so many different things that I'm starting to learn about. And, you know, I, I've started these baby steps of learning these little things that I can do to make the changes towards the ultimate well, you know, being weller with my nutrition. Yes. Yes. Is that a word? Weller? <laughs> more well? Well, more well. There we go. We're- we're making up words today, people, because that's what well, that's what wellness is about. So, yeah, I think that you kind of touched on exactly what I would say on that subject is that there, this subject is overwhelming. Nutrient density is a dense topic, pun intended. And um, we will come back to a lot of the more details about nutrient density. But just like you said, it's all about baby steps. So start wherever you are and take tiny little baby steps because every single thing that you do to improve your wellness has exponential rewards at the end. And I say the end, there's not really an end, but you get what I'm saying. Every little change you make Mm -hmm. will have exponential positive effects on your overall wellness. So don't fret mm-hmm. too much about that. If this is also a word that uh, you guys have never heard before, we'll get into more detail on it. But let's start small. Let's talk about when you're talking to your family about the changes that you've made or how you want that to look for your holidays if you're gathering with your family this year. So I think one thing that you can do that is very helpful is, of course, to communicate ahead of time. This will help prevent same-day stresses and it will help your family understand before you guys gather where your mindset is at. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of ways that you can find compromise and create a fun family competition or Um, You know, involve your entire family in this in a way that is uh, realistic for your family, you know, whether that be a competition for making a healthier alternative dish to some of your family favorites. And I also think that asking for permission can really help more stubborn family members to have more confidence in participating. So asking them ahead Mm. of time to say, hey, would it be okay if we try a new recipe for this dish this year? Because I think there is going to always be, again, that connection to food that is difficult to, to become released from when you're so entrenched with that favorite pecan pie that you have. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes, you know, the, the olfactory system really generates the smell, the smell of food generates so many memories. Mm-hmm. That's why food gets gets such a, you know, feels so important to us, especially at these holiday times, because we are all together and it just all gets wrapped up together. But knowing that we can change those things, still have those wonderful smells, because we're not suggesting mm-hmm. that you don't eat the type of dishes that you so dearly enjoy. You're just suggesting that we make some swaps to better ingredients that 
that mm-hmm. create a healthier dish, nutrient dense dish, even if yeah. it's not the greatest dish, you know, not the, exactly not the kind of food that we, we certainly shouldn't eat pecan pie every day of the year, but a pecan pie once a year at the holiday is not a terrible mm-hmm. thing. No, it's not. Um, There are healthy swaps that you can make. And then I also think it's important to continue to educate and be open to being educated. So in my opinion, food consumption is kind of a you don't know what you don't know situation where we're all kind of blind over here. You know, the food industry is sort of running over us and it's a lot of information to know. I mean, there's over 60 words that can mean sugar in a food. So how is one person supposed to remember all of that? Well, you're not. It's a slow process and it's all about being educated and be open to what other people in your family bring to the table about wellness too. Because again, it's not just about food. It is about the overall wellness. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of different ways to input that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the next thing I think that's something important to talk about is how can we actually implement this on the day of our gatherings? And that, I I think, takes the form of simplicity. So I think the first thing that we can do is try to streamline our menus. Um, we can avoid gluttony and reduce waste by agreeing on a few properly prepared, nutrient-dense, whole food dishes that are both nourishing and filling and that everyone in the family likes. So this kind of goes back to that communication before the day of to talk these things through because one person might be really attached to a specific dish and somebody else might be really attached to something else. But where can we shave down and and cut back a little bit? Because we all know there's always so many leftovers. So I think that that's a good place to start. And I know we've mentioned in a previous episode that changing the focus of your gathering from being food-centric to being company centric. So let's implement some, you know, activities or ideas for your gathering that are not simply around making this big giant meal for everybody to sit down and eat for 15 minutes and then go lay on the couch for the rest of the day. So maybe So you're talking about creating a social atmosphere that's more focused on being together and doing things together rather than just the actual consumption of the food. Yeah. And let's let the food be what it's there for to nourish us. Um, Right. But I think... Food is fuel. Correct. But I also think that there is this misconception that healthy food is boring. And that is absolutely not the case. So like you mentioned already, that holiday favorites can be made better for you with some very simple swaps. For example, use butter made from grass-fed cows opposed to conventional butter. Kerrygold is is a pretty commonly known brand that qualifies for this because at a very basic okay. level, without getting into it at a very basic level, the nutrients of your butter reflects the nutrients of the animal from which it came. So, came um, from. Mm-hmm. Okay. so cows that are raised on grass completely just by default have a more nutrient dense profile than your conventional butter 
that is raised by cows that are maybe on feedlots being fed grain. And there's actually a very simple thing you can do to to show this visually. Buy a stick of grass-fed butter and buy a stick of conventional Mm -hmm. butter, put them next to each other, and you will see that the grass-fed butter is a much more vibrant, beautiful yellow. And it's probably something you never noticed before. So that's even something that an educational piece you can bring to your holidays is bring those. Bring one of each and, and just have that conversation to say which one looks more vibrant and why could that be um another thing that's that one can- thing that we have done we have done uh through this little bit of a journey that i've started here which actually started a couple of years ago when i weaned myself off of all artificial sweeteners and mm-hmm. i went to regular sugar and now i'm weaning off of sugar to honey slowly but you know i'll put two items on the table that i've learned about and i'll say okay which one of these items is more healthy for us and what's so fun is we all got it wrong and i say and i will say yep that's why we're all struggling with our weight or whatever because we think that this is the healthier food because that's how it's labeled. That's, you know, but when we actually look at the profile of the food, it isn't the healthier option. And that's, I think that's a, that's actually kind of a fun game, you know, that yeah. everybody could bring something that they've learned. This is not the healthy option, even though it's labeled healthy. And, but this is a healthy option and here's why. Yeah. That might be a fun game we could incorporate. <laughs> I love that. I'm excited. The other thing that you can do that's a very simple swap is to avoid highly processed vegetable oils and opt for tallow, avocado oil, or coconut oil instead. Um, what the again, heck is tallow? Tallow is rendered beef, <laughs> ren- rendered beef fat. So where do you get that? Like you may be able to find it in your grocery store. If not, a lot of your local farmers or small chain meat producers will carry tallow or lard. It's basically just the very natural form of rendered fat from an animal. Um, And they all have different names. So can we make our own or how do we? You could. I I don't know much. I don't know much about how to do that. I did watch a video recently (laughs) on how to render duck fat if you're cooking a whole duck. So all things that I definitely want to try because... Okay. So basically, again, without getting into the nitty gritty details, vegetable oil is not good for you. It is highly processed. It is typically man-made and includes a lot of trans fats, which are not found in nature. They are, Mm. they only exist because man made them. So when we put them in our bodies, our body is like, I don't know what to do with this because it doesn't exist in nature. And then not to mention that a lot of vegetable oils are made with corn and soy and are typically typically made with the GMO version of those products, which is means that they've been genetically modified to be more resistant to pesticides, to grow faster. And again, our body doesn't know what to do with that because it's not found in nature. So wherever okay. possible, okay. avoid um, avoid vegetable oils. You can make some very simple swaps and change significantly and drastically the nutritional content of what you're eating. Not to mention they taste really good. All fats are are really delicious. <laughs> yeah. Well, gosh, I'm going to I can see in my future that I'm going to need a kitchen overhaul cuz I have a lot of this garbage in my kitchen. I love that you call it garbage. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, now that I'm learning about it, I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, no wonder I'm, you know, no wonder I have been struggling with. Right. And, but I think that again, yeah, this goes back to the idea of taking it one step at a time. Don't get overwhelmed Mm -hmm. with everything that we're throwing at you right now. Pick one thing, pick one thing to implement this holiday with your family. If that's easiest for you and to say, okay, I'm not going to do all of these things that you guys just talked about, but I'm going to simply use grass-fed butter instead of conventional butter. And that's enough. That's enough for this holiday if yeah. that's where you that's where you are in your journey. And that's how I've been doing my journey and you know, I've I've noticed that with the the swap from sugar in my coffee to honey in my coffee that I am not having I'm type 2 diabetic and I'm not having the sugar spike from my sugar numbers are staying more even because the honey is a more natural substance coming into my body and my body says I don't have to work hard to break that down change that create that into something different so we can digest it it just says ooh honey okay That's awesome. And uh, that definitely directly ties into your body's intuitive ability to know what it needs and what it can do with what you give it. So the more you, you know, you are, you know, that difference because you've paid attention to it. And that's part of the process too, is paying attention to what foods are doing when it enters your body. And how does it make you specifically feel? Because it's going to be completely different for you than it might be for even somebody else in your family. We're all designed differently. Um, Right. So another right. another easy swap that you can implement around the holidays is when it comes to candy, uh, maybe opt for a dark chocolate. So something that is at least 70% or higher. And this might be a palate change for some people. I think a good way to introduce it is maybe to eat a bite of it with a handful of nuts because so most chocolate out there is mostly all sugar. So I I don't have a lot of guidelines on what I look for in my chocolate, except that if I read the ingredient label, I want chocolate to be the first ingredient. If sugar is the first ingredient, then I typically put it back. A lot of chocolate, even dark chocolate, is still going to have some sugar in it. But that's a great swap to make to start just thinking about that sugar consumption. Um, so if you're going to have a candy jar out or whatever, try to get dark chocolate 70% or higher. And another thing, if you want to go further, if you're ready for this step, or if it's available to you where you live, find a local farm or ranch to purchase your bird or veggies for the holidays. And this is so fantastic on so many levels. I just, I can't even talk enough about how great it is to find local grass-fed or pasture-raised meat. You're supporting a family specifically and the nutrient content of those vegetables or those birds are going to be so much greater than a bird that you would buy frozen at the grocery store. So if you're if if you're there in your in your journey and you want to seek that out, that's a great option. If you're in the Metroplex, I can put some some links in the show notes to some of my favorite places that I've found. Great. 
That's exciting. Yeah. Okay. So let's switch gears and talk about something that I think is very important to this subject that, you know, your insight will be helpful for me on how to handle this because I think that a very important aspect of food and the holidays to me is how can we give our young generation the best chance for a healthy relationship with food? And I think that this starts with the conversations that are being had around the dinner table and at holidays by the adults in the area. So, you know, I want there to be a body positive atmosphere in relation to food with our family. And so I think that, you know, I'm just thinking about how to be cognizant of that at gatherings. Like, for example, you know, avoid giving specific foods a spot on a pedestal. I don't really subscribe. I don't really subscribe to the you have to eat all your dinner before you can have a piece of pie idea or scorning yourself for eating too much of one thing or for eating something that you deem unhealthy. You know, I think that we have to let go of a lot of those stigmas around food and it takes a conscious effort on the part of the adults in the room to allow our children to not get connected to those just very dead, like very entrenched ideas about what food is and how it affects our psychology. Agreed. Agreed. I think this is where a lot of the challenges begin. You know, we we somehow think, you know, this is the only time of year that we can make a turkey or this is the only time of year that we're going to have these special beloved things. And I've I've often thought about maybe that's wrong. You know, maybe we should, you know, make that sweet potato casserole at other times of the year. But it doesn't have to be as uh, grandiose. We we can create, yeah, we can create the food without it having to be the spotlight. And uh, you know, this kind of even even though it's not the exact same, it's the same in the sense that the food doesn't have to be the spotlight. That you know, getting together, being part of a family, that is the most important part of it. And mm-hmm. if if you want that piece of pie first, then eat that piece of pie first, or don't think that when when it comes to kids that we shouldn't you know you have to eat all of this it doesn't when it when you put it in your brain it doesn't even make sense eat more so you can eat more eat more that doesn't even make sense no and i think it gives (laughs) it gives those desserts this like spot on a pedestal in a kid's head of like oh i can't have this pie until we do x y or z or until i finish x y or z so you know, I think yeah. be more casual about it. And also keep in mind that as you switch to, as you make the transition to a whole food, nutrient dense, properly prepared diet, then all food is just food. food. Like all food is equal. Right. It's just food. It is properly prepared. It's nutrient dense. And yes, that you, you know, you may consider the ratios at which you are consuming that food. But if you want a piece of pie, eat a piece of pie. You know, I think that that's the biggest difference is that we're not talking about junk food here. There is really no such thing as junk food. There is food and then there is junk. So if all you're preparing at your meals is properly prepared food, then we don't have to create this pedestal for these specific foods. And I think also I do want to mention that kind of like we've talked about is that you are in control and that you run your decisions The food around you does not decide what gets eaten. So you are in control of what you consume, how much of it you consume, and when you consume it. So if you're cognizant of that, then there is no 
you know, this food is not taunting you. It's not sitting there taunting you. If right. you know that you're in control and that you decide what goes in your body mm -hmm. and when it goes in there. And I think that is a really great way to portray to children that they can control, you know, that, that you have this intuitive ability mm -hmm. within your body to know what you need to eat and know how much of it that you need to eat. As long as the options in front of you are all good, nutrient dense, whole foods, then it doesn't, it right then it becomes a non-issue about this food sitting there taunting you. So you have to, it goes back to communicating yeah. with your family about what foods do we want to have around us that are going to nourish us and that are going to make us all feel good <laughs> in whatever that looks like. For right, each of us. right, right. And that's really great advice. I think that's a, a really important piece that food is just food and do you are you are you hungry enough for a little piece of pie or do you need to save you know is that something you want later it doesn't even have to be eaten right at the same time or instead of or in spite mm -hmm. of or any of that it's just you know when you're ready for that you're ready for that and it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be a big deal yeah. and it doesn't have to be a big drama production correct yeah well i hope well, that this Thanks, mom, for all this advice. I know. I, I feel like we've really hopefully inspired you guys opposed to overwhelmed. Again, I think take take one piece of, of um, advice from everything we've laid out and start there. Don't feel overwhelmed and just know that, you know, we're all on a journey and we're all in different places and meeting each other where we're at. And I think we've, as a family, already done a great job of starting these conversations um, and having awareness about our goals um, so that we can have a more productive holiday. So I'll probably have to listen back to this episode once they, the holidays get a little bit closer so I can remember how to go about this. Exactly. <laughs> yes. But as, yes. as always, Baby we step. appreciate yeah, we appreciate your time and we thank you for joining us for this very first um, Beauty in the Beat edition of the Nani and Mom podcast. You can find me on Instagram at beauty.in.the.beat. So that's beauty in the beat separated by periods. And you can always find us at uh, Nani and Mom podcast. That's N-O-N-N-I-E and Mom podcast. See you soon.